Well, listeners, it's time for this. Hello and welcome to On and Off the Pitch. This is a Manchester United women's pod chat. We're going to talk about the cup games recently, the double cup crash. And to do that, I'm being joined by the ever so wise Deborah from the Barmy Army, the voice of reason. Hello, Deborah. How are you? I'm all right, Rodney. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, considering recent results. We still stand. We are we are like rocks in the wind. We're just kind of letting it all kind of run over us. And we're just, you know, we're weathering the storm. We're taking it in our stride. These things happen. Of course they do. And, you know, to come back to back, that's that's what's going to make it all the more significant, I suppose. Yeah, it is. But, you know, we've got to talk about it, you know, uh, within the space of a week, Manchester United women crash out of both cup competitions. Obviously, the, the last one was the Conti Cup, but the first one, the Manchester Derby, the third one this year, will there be any more? But it was the big one because the FA Cup comes with a certain amount of weight and prestige. Yeah. I'm going to go to the big issue of that game. Was it over the line? That far. <laughs> that far. You're saying, you know, that's like, that's like, that's like a whole ruler's length of over the line. Are you sure? Yeah. <sighs> you know. That, 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 that's a ruler's length? Yeah. Well, there's a, I'm, I'm, I'm being generous in terms of ruler's yeah, length. Yeah, yeah. But, you know. Um, from my angle, I clearly saw a gap between the end of the, the, the goal line and the ball. There was turf. And yes, if the ball was in the air, that could explain it. But this was when the ball was on the ground, pretty much. And unless I see video pictures that show it never crossed the line, I will always be certain it did. That's that's my belief from where I was. I had certain people behind me who were adamant, and they were also given this kind of a distance. Um, for me, it crossed the line and it wasn't even close, but there yeah. you have it. And if you watch the players' reaction, if you watch the City players' reactions, that suggests, and also from the video I've seen, there's almost a moment where Roebuck, their goalkeeper, brings it back because a lot of the footage stops as she's got her hand on it. But mm. then you all... The, the, at the various angles and everyone's got different video or stills or whatever because no one's got the proof one way or the other but there was one thing I saw a day or so after where you can almost see Robot brings a ball back not a huge amount but enough to just leave a little bit hanging over the line so yeah, yeah. yeah for me it was it was over clearly well, you know, I, I, I built you up as the voice of reason, but, you know, I'm not going to say that you didn't see that. <laughs> I'm not going to say you didn't. Um, but but I will say this, from the position that I saw it, the comfort of my sofa and the, the, the television, <laughs> you could not tell. I know, <laughs> I know. It's difficult. It's, it, it, what I would say in terms of the, the actual, was it over the line, was it over the line, wasn't over the line, um, the amount of television cameras there probably or should have actually recorded some kind of 
goal action. Um, there are a number of cameras at the LSV, we know this, and for them not to be, you know, directed towards the goal, the angle that we had for those that were at home wasn't conclusive. It was more or less the same angle as the commentators. The referee yeah. didn't seem like they were in the right position to actually kind of give it the lines, assistant referee, lines person. They weren't in a position to, to give the referee any advice or guidance. So it, it was left to the referee's call. And that's always difficult. So, you know, unless the referee had help, you know, from his their, their assistant, they were never going to give that. I get that there are people on the pitch or off the pitch who are entrusted with making that decision. But the lines woman, mm. I think she was, doesn't see, from the, a, a picture I've seen, doesn't look to have been unsighted in any way, mm. but yet also wasn't looking down the line. So, you, you know, we can make excuses and yes, it then flares up the bigger question of do we need goal line technology, never mind VAR, do we need something, do we need the level before that goal line technology? Not that that's immediate to implement, of course not. But you've got officials on the pitch and the difficulty is when you're in the stands or in your sofa, and you clearly see something you believe to be different. And this is why I'm saying, if I'm wrong, so are a lot of people around me. So were some of the players who weren't playing that, that day. There were a lot of people where I was that had the impression it's crossed the line. And there were people along the line, behind the goal, who said similar. Now, okay... As United fans, we wanted that to have crossed the line. Mm. But I'm not getting excited unless I'm pretty sure. Exactly. And that's what's... Because I'll tell you, when I saw that the goal wasn't given, and I'm calling it a goal, yeah. when I saw it wasn't given, and I was, I was talking to some of the people near me, I actually thought the reason it hadn't been given was offside. Because... Right. That was the only, not that there was an offside, but I couldn't understand that there was any other reason because it had so clearly crossed the line. So I was thinking, well, why has this been disallowed? There wasn't a foul. Maybe it was offside. And I was screaming, are they saying it's offside? Got a bit excited because mm. I couldn't get my head around the fact that it wasn't a goal. Or yeah. it wasn't well, you know, it, it well, you know, as I say, you know, from the, the comfort of my position, you were waiting for the referee, you know, yeah. for any moment, you're waiting for the referee to give confirmation. And when All it doesn't... Players wheeled away in celebration. City yeah. players have got their heads down. We're enjoying ourselves because we've pulled that game back to 2-2 out of nowhere. So, yeah, you're kind of waiting for confirmation and then... I realised that they're not the, the players aren't celebrating. Yeah, you know, it, it, you know, we could debate we could debate that part of the game for yeah. a very very long time. But you know, it's you know, it's not conclusive from the TV, from the imagery that was was shown, yeah. and you know, for those in the ground, they'll say that it was over the line, and it's just going to be one of those 
contentious talking the, points. The result stands. The result stands. We lost yeah. the game. But for a lot of us who were there, there will always be that that moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, in terms of the actual, you know, team performance, the 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 approach to the game, I thought the girls did really, really well. Um, I was pleased to see Jane Ross start a, a really important game against, you know, obviously a team that she played for previously. So there was a little, little, little bit of importance there. Obviously, there was Abby McManus, and I, I actually kind of, at some point, wondered why someone was left out from the starting lineup. Um, do you know who I'm talking about? Rodney, I'm still in shock. Four one three one one. The last time we discussed playing City, you were you were talking four one three one one. There's nothing wrong with that formation. Nothing. Okay. Rodney, who yeah. did you want to see play last Saturday? Well, it's not so much I didn't want to. I was surprised I didn't start. Lauren. I think with one eye on Wednesday night. Um, I get that. Yeah. I truly get that if you're looking at a competition, but we're, we, you know, we, we, we're talking about the FA Cup versus the Conti Cup. Two competitions in terms of merit, in terms of prestige, they don't hold the same value for players. Semi-final, Rodney. It's the FA Cup. I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying we shouldn't go for the FA Cup. Yes. Yeah, Semi-final. Yeah. At home, the, 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 the an opportunity to make your first cup final. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm. You know, obviously the decision was made, and I, yeah. I kind of, you know, kind of thought, why hasn't she started? But obviously she did make a difference when yeah. she entered the game at whatever stage it was, from the mid, mid uh, slightly time. towards middle third of the second half, and she, she, she was really good on the ball as she always is, yeah. and, uh, but, but from the game watching it as a, a typical derby. And this is why, you know, the third game so far between those two teams, you could see the nerves within the first five yeah. minutes. You could see, you could feel the tension coming through the TV screen. You could feel it. It was one of those, you know, Manchester City wasn't playing a normal game. They weren't fluid. Manchester United were, 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 were up and at them, but there was something slightly missing from their game. There were misplaced passes. It just seemed a little bit kind of like whoever scored first was going to definitely have the upper hand. Mm. And uh, there were obviously chances that went, weren't converted, you know, when Manchester City, I don't know what they were doing in the back line. Steph Houghton having moments there of, of I don't know, complacency, maybe too comfortable, maybe the, the frequency of being given the ball so many times, the percentages were that she was going to make a mistake and 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 Manchester United weren't able to capitalise from that moment in the in the first half. But or knowing that if you put players under pressure, they will crack. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it it so for me they were that game in itself, apart from what we talked about in terms of the was it was it over the line, not over the line. 
it could have gone either way. It really could have gone either way. Rodney, I'll be honest and say on the balance of play, City were the better team. Yeah, in terms of performance, yeah. I would say they might have, they would have edged it. But in terms of chances created in the moments, and those moments were key moments. Yeah. You look at their goals, and I think there are moments within the build-up and uh, or, or the, the execution of those goals. We could look at every one of their goals and think could have done better. Yeah. Could have prevented that. Yeah. Now, I will also say that at two-two, we've got the momentum. I don't think they're going up the other end and getting the third. But whether we'd have gone on, I, I, I don't know. Yes, the game could have been very different had had the goal stood. But on the balance of play, I thought in the first half we were just we stood off them too much. It was as if we respected them too much. We gave them too much. And when you think of how we played them in the Conti Cup earlier in the season, we were quick. We were at them, and they were a they were a pale imitation on that day anyway. So that helped us. But we got the early goals, so that helped settle our nerves. We just looked like we knew they were the better team. That was how yeah. we started. And I just kept thinking I didn't want us to do it last night as well. I didn't want us to go into a game against Chelsea respecting them too much. Respect them by all means. They're good teams. But I think on the balance of play, City were the best. See, City were having a much better first half. And yeah. second half, probably evens. Well, do you, do you know what I would say? What, I'm, what I could see was obviously Leah Galton not being available. Yeah. Takes, just takes off like 5 or 10% of the attacking intensity that Manchester United have. You know, there's that, there's that kind of, there's a level of awareness from defenders because they know what Leah's going to do. Uh, Manchester City played a midfielder, an, an attacking midfielder at right back at best. You know, and Manchester United did not take, they didn't take advantage of it. Completely. And we were all screaming at this. Run at her. Yeah. Go at her. Put yeah. them under pressure. Yeah. She, it, she just, for me, it, that was the area that, that Manchester City looked weak in, but also, as I said, the, the the repetitive nature that Manchester City kept going back to their captain Steph Houghton to knock balls long. You you get the ball ten times, one of those moments you're going to make a mistake. And Manchester City, for one, didn't change that style of play for the first forty five minutes. And Manchester United didn't think, hold on a minute, if we press her, they will not know what to do because the only ball out from midfield for, for Manchester City was to collect it and knock it back to Steph Houghton. I and think our intensity at times has, whether it's whether it's a, an energy thing, whether it's they've been conserving some energy, because you've got the City game, you've got the Chelsea game, there's also a very important league game on Sunday. So whether that's held them back, whether, whether something's just not clicking for a few of them, but I think the intensity wasn't what I anticipated it would be as well. So, yeah, if you're knocking the ball back to Steph, or if you've got um, a midfielder playing full-back, pressure them, push mm. them. That was perhaps 
one of the surprises. I don't want to say disappointments because you're going to cover it in other areas, but maybe one of the surprises in terms of what we, what I thought we'd be doing. Yeah. I, I, for me, I'm, again, I suppose, you know, when you're watching a game from a different position, it's always easy to see what should or shouldn't be done. And, yeah. you know, you could, you know, it's a surprise selection for Manchester City in terms of their right back. And, you know, you, you almost, you know, in hindsight would have thought, you know what, I'm going to switch my wingers around. I'm going to put my, my most aggressive, most speedy individual down the left-hand side. And I'm going to give that, that almost junior apprentice right back. I'm going to give them a really difficult 45 minutes. So their manager, their manager's going to have to actually try and do something different. And uh, it, it didn't happen. And, uh, Obviously, she grew into the game. She became more confident, and and then the game itself became stretched, and it and it then ended up in the kind of game that we saw, you know, where we thought a goal was given or ball over the line, and then literally seconds later, they go down the end and 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 score a goal. Yeah, and look, there was a gap. There was a good few minutes in between, but it just but felt as if it felt quicker than a few minutes. <laughs> It did, and it surprised me when I was um, when I looked at a match report, and there was about maybe five or six minutes in between. But mm. I mean, I, I know for a fact I didn't I didn't take it too well, and it just felt as if it was still in that immediate moment of letdown. That oh, hang on, they've just got third, which then makes the moment even harder. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think our heads would have been up, their tails would have been down. We'd have had the momentum and yeah, it's just yeah, one of it's... pressing more. We'd have been the players who were maybe you know out of position, perhaps weren't having the best day. That would have become more, more, more noticeable. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Um, we know the result. We know the score. Um, you know, and you say, and on reflection, Manchester City women, uh, they they had the advantage. Uh, that I would say they probably deserved the result. At, you know, overall, if you're trying not to be biased and you looked at it, which is very I, difficult trying not to be biased. I will admit that on the on the balance of play, yeah, yeah, but certainly in the first half they were the better team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, well, I'll tell you what. Let's leave that section yeah, with please. the FA. Let's leave that because that seems almost too long ago now, and, and it is painful. Yeah. Um, the the Conti Cup and I and um, and I, I've got a question for you. Which game were you at, Rodney? Which which game? When was this? Like, uh, the Conti Cup, the, the semi final, the two games. I was, I was at home. And one was in London. I was at home again. <laughs> Now, Mark is probably whispering in your ear saying, did he go to the Arsenal-Manchester City game? <laughs> he might not. He's not whispering, but I guarantee you when we when people watch this back, they'll be thinking, yeah, he's not a United fan. That no, 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 no. Because I've heard, I, I have it on good authority that you were getting on the Chelsea bus at one stage, but then you realised... Then you realise the um, Sam Kerr wasn't playing. Now nah, I'm going to sack it off. If Sam Kerr's not there, I'm not a Chelsea fan today. 
Oh my days. Rodney, oh my days. Like, be honest with you, I get, a, I get this phone call, right, in the afternoon, and it's like three o'clock. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's Natalie. Oh, we just had a little Wi-Fi issue there. Oh no, we got it on the bus. And I said, um, no. She said, I thought you was on the Chelsea bus. I said, what made you think I was getting on the Chelsea bus? I'm, I'm, <laughs> she's, I don't know what she was thinking. I honestly, never was I going to get on the Chelsea bus at all <laughs> to go to the game. <laughs> never, ever was I going to get on the Chelsea bus. I don't even know where that rumour came from. That's quite funny. I think it was you on Twitter. Oh, oh yeah, well, and she believed me. I wonder where that came from. <laughs> you know what Twitter is, don't you? It's just fairy tales and and, and horrible, horrible statements. I know uh, they keep telling us that the men's team are going to sign somebody. Fancy yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, go figure. Um, no, I was at home. I had the 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 Manchester men's derby on TV. And I had the women's on my tablet. I was watching both at the same time. Would you believe it? Okay. Yeah. Which was quite actually quite difficult. Yeah. It's quite it's quite difficult. Anyway, enough of the one of these games. So, sorry. It's easier if you just go to one of these games. Right. Okay. You, what to to what? Which one? Then you can watch it. You don't have to go between two screens. You can give one your un undivided attention. Right, let's not get into the whole transport and travel thing to do with the LSV. There's enough trouble getting out of Manchester, let alone getting up to Manchester. Oh, you southerners. Anyway. <laughs> oh, this is, just, this, this is just so unfair. Unreal, unreal. You know full well. You know full well you're not going to get off slightly on these issues well I'll, 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 try. I'll try i'll try this is the question i've got for you um okay. should the conti cup games be played at the weekend i think the semis should i certainly think in terms of getting a crowd yes um i appreciate that the group games it may not be possible to get to, to fit those in on weekends. But mm. I certainly think when you've got, as they are four of the top teams, the top four in the league, I think, the top four yeah. teams going, against, going up against each other, to have them on the same night isn't ideal. Nope. To have them clash with men's games, I'm, I'm not, that's a whole nother issue. But to have both games on one night with the same kickoff time as well. So you literally at home, if you were watching, had to make a choice between one or the other. There was no 15 minutes of one, whatever. Why would you, again, this comes back to the old issue. Why would you deprive yourself of a, of a possible crowd? Why would you do it? So... I know for a fact when last year when United played Arsenal, yes, we had some people travel down from Manchester. Mm. But I know I couldn't make it due to work. I know there were other people who couldn't make it. 
So if you have that game on a weekend, suddenly it opens up the possibility for more people to go and to make a bigger showcase, to have two really big quality adverts for the women's game. I love a night match. I love the atmosphere of a night match. But it's not perfect in terms of let's grow the game. Let's let's see what's what let, let's get people interested in this. Should they should the semis have been played at a weekend? Yes. They should have been played either with different kickoff times so that people could go to one perhaps and watch one depending on obviously where they were. Different days ideally so they've both got a chance to be showcased and people if that because there's, there's enough neutrals that would want to go to one or both depending on both of them could have been down in london both of them could have been up in manchester depending on how the draw had gone as it was one was north one was south but i cannot for the life of me fathom some of the decisions that are made about the exposure or lack of exposure of the game. So, in answer to your question, should they be played on weekends? Yes. Well, it would be good to know what um, others think about that in terms of uh, the games being played at the weekends. I, you know, obviously you've given me a hard time about which game didn't I go to, so I will defend myself vigorously. This was the issue I had. If either of the two Conti Cup games were played either Tuesday or Wednesday night, I could have decided whether or not I wanted to go and watch a live game, whether it was Arsenal, Manchester City, and go there and be a neutral supporter and actually be another member in the crowd, which would obviously boost the attendance by one. But I'm in a difficult position by the team that I support, the Manchester United men, playing yeah. 15, 15 minutes later than the women's. And I'm, I'm honestly, you could have seen me. I had my mobile phone. I've got the FA player on my phone, I've got one game there, I've got the FA player on my tablet, I've got the, the women, Manchester United women there, and I, I, like my partner walked in and she was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I know my brother, my brother last night had TV on the men. Yeah. Either iPad or phone on the women. It's what happens. That's football to an extent. That is football. You know, you'll get some Champions League nights where you can go between multiple matches, but it's different when it's your team and it's yeah. different when you're having to make that decision. And we've had that that situation already this season where the men and the women have played at home on the same night, roughly at the same time as well. Yeah. We're going to continue to have those issues. And we as football fans have to make that decision. But I can, me having to make that decision is one thing. But making that, having to make that decision when actually there was a far more sensible option and a far better option for the growth of the game baffles me. And what will really, really get my goat is when there's three weeks for an international break and United haven't got a game for three or four weeks and we've still got two games to make up, but they're not going to happen. And I know if it's internationals, they can't, but 
all of the international breaks, they slow down. Yeah. Any momentum you may have built up absolutely goes. So you've got to fit games in rather than spread them out. Have them have them at more appropriate times. Have them at weekends. So, yeah. And also, if you have games at weekends, you've got a chance of keeping players fit. We are losing players at the moment due to injury. And we're yeah. losing some really important players. Yeah. Well, yeah we're trying to work our way through the squad. That's something that, you know, Casey's got to work, work out three games in a week, three massive games. She wants to be playing her first 11 for every one of those. But she can't. Mm. So you're also watering down the quality. But that's well, thoughts. Well, no, all, all good thoughts and, and all solid, uh, all, all solid ground, would I say. Um, in terms of the actual game itself, uh, Chelsea are a tough team. And yeah, just because I like Sam Kerr, you guys can get over it. I know who they are. Um, Loyalty, Rodney. Loyalty. Listen, I, I know where my heart is. Don't you worry about that. Uh, in terms, in terms, <laughs> in terms of the game itself, looking at the lineup, and I, I looked at the lineup. Obviously, Sam Kerr wasn't playing. Um, G So Young wasn't playing. I thought this is a weakened Chelsea team. You know, for me, from what I've seen of late, this is a, a weakened Chelsea team. And you know, I thought that Manchester United women would probably give them more concern, more trouble than they did Manchester City. Uh, at the weekend, and Lauren started obviously, which I was very pleased to see. Um, Jess started, and I, I looked at the lineup and I thought, "This is a very attacking lineup." I yeah. thought, "I like this. I like this," uh, but they didn't really get to grips with getting hold of 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 the Chelsea back line. The Chelsea back line seemed to be not rattled at all. They seemed to be in control. I'm struggling to think of anything that Carly Telford really had to do. Yeah. The whole game. Yeah. No, in fact, yes, I can think of one one moment when it was the actual set play. It was the corner. Okay. Yeah, that was it. The corner as she came out, and it wasn't necessarily a clean catch, but apart from that, nothing. At home, I think we're great. I, I, I actually, I, I think in the in in the in the final third we're just lacking a bit of something. There's a spark that's not there. I don't know if it's confidence. I don't know if it's belief, but something just didn't look right last night. Um, and it, I almost said to somebody, "We could play all day. We're not going to score." Mm. And it's a shame because I thought Abby McManus at the back had the best game she's had in a red shirt, and I think it. It says a lot for her that after the massive disappointment of the City game, for her personally, and then to obviously to have had her goal that was good, disallowed, that that took a lot of strength and character to come back and put in that kind of performance last night. And there were others around her who played well. She She stood out for me. But I just didn't think we we gave them enough to worry them and to trouble them. And it just looked as if 
they were they were content to let us have the ball because they knew we couldn't do anything with it. That was mm-hmm. how it looked. Because I didn't think they were offering much, but I also had a sense that at any moment maybe they could step it up. And I think it's a shame because we had the capacity to beat them. We could have won that game last night, but there's something that's just got lost in terms of creativity, making chances, taking chances. And it's something that's been, we've been struggling with for, for a little while now. Yeah. I mean, looking at the, the players from Manchester United, I thought Lauren did her, did her best when she had the ball, but she was well marshaled by, by the Chelsea back line. Millie Bright was, you know, very, very good on the night, stifled her uh, along with other Chelsea defenders. They closed her down very quickly. They didn't ju- jump into any challenges with her necessarily to, to be pulled into a foul. Uh, the link-up play from Lauren was okay, but from her, there was nothing else that you could say that there was going to be a springboard to a, a kind of sustained level of attack on the Chelsea goal. Um Jackie Gronin looked good. She was very energetic within the first 25 minutes. She seemed to chase everything down, hassling them. But that in itself wasn't enough. And as the game went on, from what I saw, Katie Zellum seemed to become more of a bystander in the game because it seemed to pass her by at times. There was a little bit, there were moments where I'm thinking she needs to kind of stamp her mark on this game and control the midfield. And, and, and I just, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Maybe I'm too harsh, but I just didn't see it. I think that we just... The simple things weren't happening as well. The simple which, the simple passes. Which is what Katie simple, does. But from the whole team as well. I think we were overcomplicating it. As if we thought, this is Chelsea, we're going to have to do something incredible to get through them. And had we just played our game... It was. Just, it, it, it's like they lose their heads when they get to when they get near the box. Mm. Just do what you do, and also, also, I've got to say, shoot. It's okay to shoot. We seem to want to pass the ball into the net or have the most incredible, um, the most incredible cross or pass or something. Have a shot sometimes. Like I said, Carly Telford didn't have a thing. You don't know if you're going to have a shot and it's going to bounce off somebody. Mm. And, yeah, I I, I just think it's great. It's nice. It's pretty sometimes, but it's not got us anywhere. Yeah. I mean, I I looked at both games and I felt that, you know, just a bit short in terms of the finishing final third, in terms of finishing, but in terms of build-up play, really good. I I was just, I I was hoping for more of something against this Chelsea game. But this is, I suppose, this is what happens after a derby. You know, because you expect, I think the adrenaline levels come down to get back up there again so quickly against a, a, a top three team. Yeah. Very, very difficult to kind of make, maintain and sustain that level of um, intensity. And you, you've only got to look at what happened to Manchester City, who I, I, I thought would have actually beaten the Arsenal team, who were literally thumped by Chelsea. And they go down to London and they get beat 2-1. And they look like they didn't actually know what they were doing. So yeah. yeah, from what I've heard, they were yeah. Yeah. it was it was not it you that was the kind of Manchester City you wanted to turn up in the derby. That's, that's the, the probably turned up against us in the County Cup. Yeah. Yeah. It Early was it was that kind of performance and 
you know, for, for, from from my point of view, looking at the the game against Chelsea, you know, there was, I mean, it was good, but it was just a little bit that you just thought that we're missing something, you know, and it could have been Leo. Yeah. Could yeah, have been Leo. I think Kirsty Hansen as well. I, 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 I love it when we've got Kirsty on one Two. side and on the other. Just, just run at them. I yeah. think one of the best performances we've had this season as a team was um, Spurs away. Yeah. And both of them. I, I, and, I, and I said to, to, so I said to somebody close to Kirsty afterwards, I said, that's her best performance in a red shirt. Mm-hmm. And that was when Leah was just putting in performance after performance. And it just looks like every time they go forward, they're going to create havoc. And we miss that. It's obviously not having them in the team. But that drive, that pace... Things have slowed down recently. Yeah. If we need to get back to to that, yeah, yeah, we will. Uh, well, uh, hopefully that will happen at the weekend. Mm. Key point again. Key points again within the game against Chelsea. A claim for a penalty. Yeah. No. Right. Well, I didn't think it was at the time myself, but you know, sitting on on the sofa, which is you know very comfortable no comments from you no comments from you sitting on the sofa it didn't look like one but obviously they looked like a, a an actual obvious foul on Jackie Gronin in the middle of the park which the referee seemed to say play on and that for me it looked like a pullback and I was thinking that is a foul she's got a handful of shirt I thought she had a handful of shirt and some chips I'm telling you we're all there screaming We've got the lino in front of us. How do you miss that? It's two yards away from you. Yeah. That's so, the kind of basic stuff that gets us rattled about the quality of the refereeing. Right. So this is the question I've got for you, and here it is. Are we expecting too much from referees in the women's game? Really? I, no, I, generally, I generally ask that question because I think even though the women's game has been established for quite some time. What are we expecting? We have seen, right, the lack of financial investment in women's football, whether it's sponsorship, whether it's goal line technology, whether it's any kind of video or audio support. Mm-hmm. Are we expecting too much from the referees in the women's game? Two responses before I... I just want to clarify... Are you saying we are expecting too much potentially given their lack of support? Or are you saying, are we expecting too much from them in terms of their level? Um, Both, because when you look at the lack of support, are you talking about the lack of support that the referee gets? Finance and and in terms of opportunity to dedicate more time to... Well, it's all linked. It's all linked because if you're if you're if you're a referee, you're going to need to have time to go and do your coaching badges. You're going to need to have time, and it's going to whether like if you're doing your coaching, you have to pay for to get your license, your A and your B. With refereeing, I've no idea. You probably have to pay again. Okay. What is the investment that are we expecting these referees to have obtained, and are we expecting them to be at a level that we see within? the Champions League, the Premier League, any, are we expecting them to be at that level when we know they're not? And let's be honest, just because they might be professional, we still find there's errors in Champions League, Premier League. and, exactly. and I think, for me, my struggle 
is that sometimes the most basic of things are missed. I know full well they're getting, what, 60 quid in expenses or something. It's not a fortune. Um, they've not had the exposure to the training and the dedication to it that, that people higher up in the tree have. But when you have a player two yards away from you who grabs another player's shirt and nothing happens, that for me is not a case of, oh, they're poorly funded. Oh, they're not professional. That's just being poor. And whether you're paid a fortune or whether you're volunteering, that is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. I will accept that there are levels of the referees out there that we're not going to see what we think we should. And let's face it, as fans, we think every decision should go for us. Of course. But I will also say that supposed penalty yesterday, no. I was, I was actually almost a bit embarrassed that one of our players has gone down so easily. And I think it started outside the box. It did. So that was never. That was never a penalty. But for me, and I looked at the lineswoman when this happened, or the linesman yesterday, and I looked at them and they were two yards. And it, it's the kind of thing that's just inexcusable. The level of refereeing isn't great, but the level of support and everything else that goes with the game isn't great. Mm. It is one of the elements that needs to improve because I think if you want to be taken seriously, that has to happen at every single level. And one of those levels is the officiating. But, 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 I can excuse them so long, but there's little things they're missing. When we've got a referee who apologises after a game and goes, oh, I shouldn't have given a penalty against you. Oh, yeah, you've lost 1-0. Sorry, won't do it again. How do you, as a manager, respond to team talk afterwards? Yeah. Well done, girls. You gave it your all, but you lost. Oh, and by the way, he's just admitted that he was wrong. Never mind, we're still lost. Let's move on. We're in a results business. Imagine that happening in the men's game. Imagine you've got a manager who is on the brink and a penalty is given against them and they lose 1-0. But the referee says, oh, yeah, sorry, shouldn't have done that. That manager's still going to get the sack. Mm. Now, in some ways, part of me thinks he shouldn't have fessed up to that. But no. that, that is a clear and obvious error. Where's <laughs> Val? Right. Now, don't get me started on that one. But, but you've had, we've had at least one situation this year where a referee has admitted they've lost us points. We've seen inadequate decision-making. We've seen questionable decision-making, never mind just you know, questionable and also wildly inadequate. And it's difficult as a fan to really have faith in the officials because they're not inspiring us with confidence when they're missing such real basic matters. I don't, I don't have an issue with Jess's fall that started outside the box and ended up inside. Do you know what? She's tried it there. She may have been falling, 
but it wasn't a penalty. I can't see something. And then some of the decisions in terms of shoe stopping play because there was a head injury, but there wasn't a head injury. Well, I've got I've, I've got a question for you on that one. And I'm glad you brought it up because obviously the whole thing with the referee. When Katie went up for the challenge, it looked like she clashed heads, right? When the players jumped through her, more or less. Yeah, well, yeah. jumped through her. So it looks it looks it looks bad. Before you can say anything, the medical staff is on the pitch. They were on the pitch before the referee reacted, which is why the referee then said, You're on. Now you've got to go off with her which upset, I could see, I thought to myself, if that medical staff had waited to be called on, the game wouldn't have stopped and she wouldn't have gone off. But this is Mourinho, isn't it, with Eva Canero? Well, we've seen it before. Right. <laughs> I think in that particular challenge, it wasn't so much a clash of heads, just the sheer physicality. It was, it was rugged. Being two feet higher than her and literally going through her back and flattening her. Yeah, it was a rugged challenge. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And had it been the other way around, we'd have been cheering on our defender. Yeah. Um, but there was another moment, there was another passage of play later on where they had a player down. Yes. And they were pushing us to, to put the ball out. Yeah. And we did. And then later on, I think they had a player down and they decided to play through it. And we're saying, hang on, we're going to stop for you. Mm. That I find a very strange rule. So my theory is, if the player's down and it's not a head injury, carry on. Well, no, every player is meant to do a basic thing, play to the whistle. No, it's right, and I know. Oh, it's nice if you kick the ball out. No, 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 no. Because I think what that does is it allows the game to stop, and it's a great way to kill time. So I'm of the opinion, unless you're dying on the pitch, Rodney, play on. <laughs> and if you think it's harsh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything to that. No, I just <laughs> we've seen players go down. Yeah. With cramp, they take seven hours to tie a shoelace. Goalkeepers who can't kick a ball from one side, so then they swap it over to the other, then they take it over the other. Oh, and each time it's 30 seconds. That's time-wasting. And actually, if my players are doing it, I've not got an issue with it. So if one way to time-waste is to go down and feign injury, I'm not having it. We play on because uh -huh. that way, as well. And I just, I just have an issue with with faking injury anyway. That way, it stops people going down for something they haven't got. Yeah, that's. Uh, do you know something? I, I played football, and you can you can tell when someone is injured or not injured. And even if you're losing, there's a bit within you that says we're going to keep going. You're looking for kind of confirmation from your teammates, and they'll they'll tell you whether or not to kick it yeah. out. And uh, if they say, no, let's carry on, you carry on. Uh, and, 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 and you do that knowing full well that you're waiting to hear the referee's whistle. Do you know? Yep. Unless the referee doesn't blow, you just play on. Because the, as far as you're concerned, as a player, you're not refereeing the game. You're not the person controlling the game. You're, you're, yep. you're a participant. And therefore, the referee has said, it's okay to carry on. So you carry on. Um, yep. And it's a difficult call, but it, it was, for me... I could see why the referee asked Katie to walk off and then come back on because I thought, no, the, the medical staff is on so quickly before the referee called them on. And I thought... It was a hefty only... challenge. It, it was, was a, a hefty challenge. No, it, it was a very hefty challenge. But 
for, for you know, get Katie a due, she did get up, but it, it took her a few seconds to kind of gather herself, and that's why the I tell you what, I have a bigger issue with how long it took for her to get back on the pitch. Again, you may not have seen this. I did. I did. She was ready to come back on, and the ref almost allowed them to go back on the attack before bringing Katie back on. Yeah, that's what referees do. Sorry? That's what referees do. They do that. No, 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 no. She waited almost too long when we, until the ball had actually passed her, so we were still down to 10 men, women. Mm. Men, players. Players. <laughs> I know, I'm still shouting. See, see, I'm glad you <laughs> did it. Moment, we've not, uh, we, we, we've been penalised. Yeah. And our player hasn't been brought on until the ball is so much further ahead of her she is she can have no way of influencing that passage of play yeah yeah and you know i've got to say you know in terms of that that moment there and and the rest of the game you know again we talked about how there was um no real concern for the chelsea keeper uh, chelsea had a moment where i thought this could look quite bad um, Abby McManus did a really good challenge in the in the first half to stop Erin Cuthbert yes. uh, breaking away, and it kind of injured her. I thought she was injured then, but she carried on. And I thought good for yeah. her. You could see. And then she got she got she took another hit, and I thought she's not getting up from this. And now I started to think about the weekend, and I think no no no, don't think about the weekend. Let's stay with this game. I'm slightly concerned, and I thought okay, what's going to happen? And then Erin Cuthbert does what she does because she, I, you know, I look at her and I think she's a very talented player, naturally yeah. two-footed. And she seems to skip past down the wing and she came inside and the ball that she played, yeah. I thought it went right across the back line. And I thought, how has that not been intercepted? Yeah. You know, honestly, I just thought, how, what, no one got to that at all, not even the toe. And then obviously from such a cute angle, yeah. you know, she beats... Um, Mildred beats uh, Mary and you kind of think if you're going to lose to a goal you kind of gonna, you want to lose to a goal I mean it's hurt it's hurtful but it was such a good goal that it looked like an impossible angle and I had to think the pass was so good I have to give Erin Cuthbert a due but oh, Man United had enough time after that goal yeah had yeah. enough time to create still didn't create anything that put Mildred under trouble something so and that's that's the issue of our expectations and it's a conversation i've had today and i was having having it last night as well are our expectations where they should be yeah or are we overreaching <sighs> and that's that's one of those questions that i think we're going to have wandering around for for a little bit longer but it was a cup semi-final. Let's not forget that last night. It we was made, again. We made the semi last year. We've made the semi this year. Going unbeaten in the group stage. We won every game. So in terms of our qualification, and we got past Brighton in the previous round. So we've 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 done all right, thank you, in, in, in terms of that. But we are expecting to possibly challenge the top three but the top three are miles apart sometimes I think they are the top three for a reason and they will remain this season the top three and be untouchable by any other yeah. team so what we're trying to do is be the next best 
as if actually that's our level. As, and, and then we forget where we've been and where we've come from and what, what we're still doing because that's where we're sitting in the league. And yeah. because you're in fourth and because you've made another cup semi, we almost have this sense of, right, well, we should be pushing this. We should, And I'm not saying we shouldn't aspire to something, but it's a question I've, I've been having with people, a conversation about what is... What's realistic? Let's not be pessimistic, but what's realistic? Right. To, to, to be honest, I think what's realistic is where the team are right now. Yes. Uh, and, 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 and isn't uh, that incredible as well? Extremely. Let's not take for granted what yeah. we're actually doing here. Yeah, extremely, extremely. Um, an excellent place to be, let's be honest. It's been an excellent, it's an excellent place for Manchester United women to be first year and you know cup defeats are great lessons you learn you know there's a certain amount of pain and there's a certain amount of discomfort and there's a certain amount of learning that comes with those moments and it and, hurt a lot of them last night Rodney yeah I'm sure do you know it what I'm sure it did they, they will remember that game more mm -hmm. than the, the the actual winning of the championship because it it will sting in a different way and it will provoke different thought processes and probably thought processes and approaches that they haven't considered before about what they need to do to make that gap or bridge the gap. And that, yeah, and that's, and that for me, I look at it and I think, you know what, two cup defeats in a week, not bad, because it, you could see it. What I don't want is when we talk about the league, I just need to do one thing before we kind of move towards the end. And I've just got to bring this up here. And this is for those guys who are listening and watching. If there is a specific point you want us to cover, let us know in the comments. And also you can let me know on Twitter at Rodney underscore Cyrus with a C. That's one of those things. Uh, before we wrap things up, uh, I need to let you guys know that uh, I spoke to um, a Manchester City fan. Don't say anything, Deborah about the recent result <laughs> after the Manchester Derby, the third Manchester Derby, you'll get to hear Emma's thoughts at the end of this segment. So stay with us. Um, Deborah, before we wrap things up, yeah. next big game is within the, the Women's Super League. What, what are you worried about most in terms of that next game? Ron, you and I stood next to each other. I know it was that. That was it. Was the, was that the second or first game? Was that the second? It was the first one, wasn't it? Was it my first one? No, it was I, my second one. I think. Oh, you got me confused now. I don't know. No, don't, it was the. It was. It was the second one. It was the second one. The first one was Spurs. Spurs. We were behind the goal. Yes. And we were singing. Yes, yes that was definitely yeah. Um, Oh, we had fun. But you and I were stood next to each other last time we played Reading, Reading away. Yeah. And we struggled with their style of play. Yeah. And we know they're a physical team. And when you're a bit low on players, because you've got injuries going through the squad and you're down to your bare bones, a physical team isn't always the bath we want. Because you may not have, I don't want to say the dogs of war, but we, we might be a bit lighter. Yeah. 
So mentality wise, we know what we're going to face there. We know their style of play. It would be easy for this to be seen as the lesser of the the the, the three games, the one that didn't matter so much of the three games that we've had. If you take the City game, the Chelsea game, and then this. But maybe it's also the best game. It's away. So it means we can maybe soak up a bit of pressure and hit them on the break. We don't... The expectation is different. For me, it's not the ideal game that you want after those two. But I don't know if there is an ideal game. I think had we had those two cup games coming with a distance between them, it wouldn't have felt as as uncomfortable. But what worries me against Reading is knowing their style of play, knowing some of the players were missing. Yeah. And knowing some of the players who are holding injuries and need to be assessed or perhaps can't play three games in a week, who've had injuries that they've been managing as well. It's about who we can put out there on the pitch, and that's what I'm thinking about. But it's yeah. also just just knowing that the heads are down. And you don't want to be playing someone like Reading when your heads are down. But you don't, it's going to be a difficult game. It's a tough game, even if we had everybody fit. Mm. And I know you in particular were getting frustrated at the way we weren't responding to their play last year. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it was very... No, to be honest, let's be honest. We, we were both stood there and we could see that the way that Reading played and they relied on their two centre-backs and they made the pitch big. And the two centre-backs both had the ability to pick out passes yeah. uh, with either foot, cutting out, uh, missing out the, the, the back players, bypassing the full-backs with ease. And, yes. and 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 then and you don't even mention Farrah Williams, you know you don't you you, you haven't even mentioned her. You're just talking about the two centre backs, so you know what kind of um, kind of problem they will pose. Yeah, yeah. You know? They will pose a massive threat to us, and and it's just going to be a a real challenge. Yeah, we've played well against them in uh, in parts. Uh, uh, at home earlier in the year um, but physically we've got to be ready to not to fight but we've got to be tough so they've got to pick themselves up they've got to be ready to go so what I, I think for me it's just about who's fit who's fit whoever's fit grab your boots Deborah well <laughs> but we, we had to promote uh, Rebecca May into the, um, the first team squad so there's more of the devs that are having to come through because we don't have enough fit players. And that's that's in the back of my head right now that it's not ideal preparation either. Well, do you know, do you know the, 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 that in itself could lead on to an, a bigger conversation, but we need to save that for another time. I'm okay. going to press you uh, in terms of uh, ask a prediction. Don't ask me for a prediction. I'm sorry, I have oh, to... Come on, come on. I'd snap your hand off now for a draw. Would you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, if somebody thinks I'm being pessimistic, they're a tough side. They yes. are a tough, tough side. And look, I'd love to think we're going to beat them. 
Of course I would. But what? Let's go one one. One one. I'm going to actually. I don't usually do this. I'm usually where you are and being very, you know, on the on the fence. I believe they can do it. I believe they'll get a result, and I believe it will be a close victory. But but they will do it, um, and it could be two one or or, or one nil. But they're, they're gonna they're gonna get the three points they need. Um, I know, fingers crossed. I, I do genuinely believe that. I, I I've got this feeling that uh, they won't want it to be three games on the bounce, and and, yeah. and that's a really bad because what you then have is a pattern. Yeah. Of of play. <laughs> game is against Chelsea. Yeah, you don't, and you really don't want to have that in terms of, of a feeling three games within the space of you know 10 days is is you don't want that at all so i am super confident that they are going to, they are going to get three points I'm uh, yeah let's be honest here yeah you know the girls are going to put in a performance because you're going to be there yay Bang that me nosy yeah, it's as it's as far north as Make I can go. Promising. Rodney's coming. I actually, I'm actually. Do you know what? I'll be honest with you. We'll talk once we finish recording this because I, I've got a logistic problem that we oh, need to get to. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the whole thing. You know what it's like. Um, anyway, I'm going to say thank you, Deborah, for joining <laughs> the uh, Manchester United Women's Pod Chat Podcast uh, this week. It's been. Uh, do you know what? As always, you've been totally on it in terms of uh, balanced thank you very much and uh, before you guys run off please stay with me and listen to Emma's uh, comments post the Manchester derby they are very very interesting even though she is a Manchester City fan and obviously she was happy with the result yes <laughs> she was happy with the result she was very very concerned about the game itself and <laughs> um was very concerned. I will say that she was extremely concerned, along with the rest of the Manchester City fans, with a certain Lauren James. I'll just leave that there. Uh, anyway, it, for now, I'm going to say goodbye to Deborah, and we'll see you guys very soon. Please stay and listen to the next segment where I speak to Emma from Manchester City uh, Supporters Club. All right, bye for now. Okay, we're joined by Emma, who's the host of the Manchester City Women's Podcast, and she is going to provide us with her views and comments following the recent Manchester Women's Derby, or Womanchester Derby, as that people are calling it. Oh, okay, uh, that's first on me, but I like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, well, um, and before we get into your response, how are you, Emma? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. How are you? Um, today I'm not too bad. Um, on the day of the game, I wasn't necessarily feeling great. But, um, <laughs> was that I'm with sure. nerves or was that just... <laughs> well, there, there was nerves, but also just, you know, seeing how the game panned out and yeah. uh, everything else. The same. <laughs> in, in, indeed. Uh, so, you know, from a Manchester City's point of view, as, as a fan as you are, um, mm -hmm. are, are you happy with the result and the performance or just the result? Uh, happy with the result, not necessarily with the performance. So what was what was the thing that bothered you the most about the performance from Manchester City's point of view? Um, we gave a really good first half performance. Uh, I think, you know, we can come away from, from that first half in particular and say, you know, 
I think both sides were were pretty nervous. Pretty, you could show, see the emotion through the game of, of of what it meant to both both teams. Really, I think that was evident uh, within the first forty five minutes. It took a while for the both teams to really settle into the game. Um, I think obviously Ellen White's goal it it gave us sort of a bit of momentum uh, going forward, and then we seemed to sort of be able to sort of play out the game how we sort of tend to usually do, quite possession based. Um, and again, we took that into the second half, but, um, you know, with the second goal, again, sort of, you know, we seem to have got really good control of the game and then 2 0 up, you know, we think we'd be able to see the game out and then it just all kind of fell apart, really. Mm-hmm. And you, 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 well, they do say, they do say that 2 0 is that kind of that dreaded scoreline that teams. There's a level of complacency that kind of kicks into players where they believe that they're okay, but at the same time, there's nerves that that kind of surf, you know, rise and surface in terms of possession. Would you say that was necessarily the case for Manchester City on this on this day? Yeah, I think um, I think the the biggest impact that we've seen on the day was the introduction of Lauren James. I think she had a massive impact on the game and I think that kind of shook us a little bit I think um, United had more possession they were able to be more creative uh, on the ball Um, and yeah in terms of City we kind of just uh, we struggled Uh, we really struggled and I I think um, that was evident in how the rest of the game played out obviously it really well you know we're not going to go over too much about Lauren James but I was happy that she actually made it onto the pitch and um Definitely that she got on the scoreline as as well, and she she's going to make a bigger impact on the game overall, I believe. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, but I, the question, go on, go ahead, go on. I, I was just going to say, you know, she was incredible when she came on, and, and I'm not just saying that. That's you know, not just from this game, from what I've seen of her this season as well. She's the type of player that I would be looking to start over. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you said start. I thought you were going to say try and get and buy. You know, I'm just going to hands off. <laughs> yeah, I'd be interested in buying her as well, but no. <laughs> yeah, just, well, just, you know, you might have issues with that. You know, you can't make those statements for, no. without there being some kind of response from myself. But no. She's very, Stay. she's very young. She's got a lot of potential. She's an exciting prospect for the future for sure. Definitely is. Uh, I'm going to ask you particularly about um, Ellen White before I get on to a few other questions that I've got for you. Were you surprised that she she missed that early opportunity that came her way? So, um, I, yeah, <laughs> um, I think there was a, a couple of opportunities in the game. To be honest, I think the the worst of them wasn't even Ellen White's. I think it was Tessa Wallace's uh, effort. Oh. Um, oh, I, I was convinced that it was going to go in. I really was. And she'd done all the work and then just couldn't find the finish. It was unbelievable. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, let, let me just say from a Manchester United fan's point of view, I was extremely happy the ball did not find the net. I bet. <laughs> very, very happy because she did all of the hard work yeah. and she made the, the actual skill part of going uh, around or sort of dragging the ball back inside the defender look very, very yeah. easy. It was uh, very so, technical um, and um, yeah. I think that's her ability. I think that's what she's able to offer. And, you know, we, we've seen her score a few goals this season, but she is able to pick up those little pockets. And, you know, she she has been, she was really effective in that game, I thought. So uh, she had a good game. So it's just a shame that she couldn't have been rewarded with the goal for her effort. Yeah, like I said, I'm glad it didn't score. She didn't score. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, from the game overall, in terms of the whole 90 plus minutes, uh, who for you had the best game and who for you had the worst game 
in a Manchester City shirt? Um, I think I think everybody. Uh, it was a real team performance. I think towards the end, you know, they were, you know, looking at one another and you know to to see the game out. And I think everybody um, put in a uh, had a really good work ethic. I think we did look to tire towards the end of the game, but um, I think obviously Ellen White's. Uh, goals were the difference at the beginning of the game, you know, into the second half, uh, which sort of did enable us to have that bit of confidence. Um, I think Stanway did really well uh, filling in the right back position. It's not her position. Um, so that was a new role uh, that the manager asked of her. And I think she did a relatively good job. Um, they, you know, Nick might look to her for our next couple of games as well, uh, whilst we've not got Janine Becky available while she's on international duty. Um, Performance-wise, I couldn't really pick out a, a player individually. I think um, I, I just think the most disappointing thing was probably uh, Tessa not being able to find the back of the net for that for that finish for that goal and um, effort on goal. Okay, well, yeah, uh, that, that the best and worst all rounded up into kind of one, really. So that that's good, yeah. good from your point of view. Um, controversy in terms of was it over the line? Wasn't it over the line? <laughs> yeah. Was the ball over the line? Well, I've, I've, we've already spoke about this on on the pod on our, on our podcast, and we've tried to tear it apart, but. Every clip I've looked back on, every highlight, every photo, every still I've seen of a frame, <laughs> there are just bodies in the way. And and I've got to be I've got to be honest. In the moment, initially I thought it was a United goal. I thought it was over the line. So, mm. you know, I I didn't see that the ball, but it looked enough. Uh, I thought for it to have been given in the moment. So. You know, if it had gone, if it was the other way around and it was Man City and it was Man City that were, you know, um, that had it against them, then equally I would have been disappointed and would be calling out for, you know, for that goal line technology because it does make the difference and it, it's those make or break situations that can change a game. Yeah, well, you've actually gone right into the next question that I have for you, which is, would you welcome goal line technology? Yeah. Definitely. With Definitely. open arms. <laughs> With open open. arms. I mean, not just looking, obviously, at this game. You know, there have been, um, you know, other moments in other games where, you know, we've seen it. Um, I think it's a minimum um, standard that, you know, should be there for, for the players, for the teams in a professional league. So why not? I mean, I know there's a, a cost there. But, you know, if we're serious about growing the game, growing the women's game and and looking at it from a professional point of view, then I think in terms of moving forward, it's something that we need to be looking at for sure. Yeah. Do you know something that's uh, in terms of that question, it's 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 a bigger conversation uh, yeah, than is. we've got time for right now. And I'd like to kind of get back to you on that and hopefully have you involved in something where we talk about it in depth. But definitely. You know, it's definitely a bigger conversation. Um, the, the the last question I have for you, really, to, you know, this was the third Manchester derby for, mm -hmm. for the girls so far this season. Um, you've already explained that you could see that there were nerves there for both teams, the players. I would definitely say that the, the nerves got the better of Manchester City more so, even though they came out on top, because it's, it, it wasn't the, the style or the fluidity that I have seen them play so far this season. But I think that's that's down to United. 
I just think that goes to show how well prepared they were uh, for the game. You know, they didn't, like you said, they didn't allow us to play that game that we, you know, we like to play patiently. We like to build up, uh, build up the play, string the passes together. And they were just not enabling us to do that at all. Um, And that's credit to United and, and how they came out on the day as well. Well, that's brilliant. That's brilliant news for for Casey and the girls uh, from the Manchester United point of view. Can that kind of approach to the, the, the rest of the league, the rest of the competitions that they have, will they be able to sustain that kind of um, high press, detailed game plan? Uh, that's kind yeah. of, you know, it's difficult to call right now, but if they can, it, it bodes well for them. The, the, the final question that I have in terms of the Manchester derby, there are more coming. We know this. Yeah. Um, what would you hope for the next derby that would be different than the one that we've just pre- recently witnessed? Um, well, to be honest, of all the three derbies uh, that I've watched this season, um, that to me screamed a classic Manchester derby. It had everything. <laughs> it had the drama. It had the controversy. It had, you know, two teams going at it, really wanting to get the result. And I think um, if you were a neutral watching that game, it would have been really enjoyable. I mean, you know, we enjoyed it. I enjoyed it in particular as a fan watching it as a fan. I don't tend to get to enjoy games as a fan that much anymore. But I sat with um, the city supporters and, you know, to be immersed in that kind of um, atmosphere and, you know, to get behind your team, it it was just it was good, you know, um, as an overall experience. Um, and I think for the next derbies, I think they're going to be just the same, if not better, because they will become more of a, a spectacle. I was quite surprised with the attendance. I was expecting not... more, uh, yeah. which was quite disappointing because obviously it was a, a more important game on paper. You know, there was obviously more, uh, you know, f- for the outcome of the game that was bigger. So I was expecting more there, but. You know, it's it was it was a good game, and I, and I think if you just look back at it as a neutral fan just watching the game as a spectacle, then you know you would have been happy with that one. Okay, that's brilliant. Um, you, you you kind of got to the point that I thought that you might get to towards the end of that, which is something again we'll come back to and have a conversation on. But I'm really pleased that you were able to share with uh, me and the rest of us about the your experience as a Manchester City fan being happy after the results. Uh, I, I don't want to have these kind of conversations too often, Emma, but you know how it is. <laughs> no. Well, you never know. We might have one for the Conti Cup final yet. <laughs> oh, there we go. And that's not even the league game here. Oh, hey-ho, hey-ho. Anyway, um, thank you for joining, Emma, and uh, we'll speak to you very soon, hopefully. Yeah, thanks, Roddy, for inviting me on and uh, I'll speak to you soon. All right, cheers. Bye-bye. Bye.